Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. All right. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard another great episode of the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I am John Schofield, your host. Joining me is Chris Cervello, our producer and class of 99 graduate. And what a happy graduate he is and the rest of the Navy fans are after yesterday's incredibly impressive, I would call it surprising, flying over route of... Tulsa, a 53-21 victory, uh, putting Tulsa now at 2-4 and and 0-2 and in the conference. Navy is now 2-3 and and 2-1 and in the conference and did so by scoring as many points combined in their first four games. They did that yesterday. They had scored 53 altogether in the first four games, scored 53 yesterday. It started with an unbelievable run. It was started by an unbelievable run by freshman wide receiver Nathan Kent, who basically played his first play as a Naval Academy football player and went 70 yards on a reverse. And then it was the Daba Fofana show in the second quarter. Uh, He rushed for 159 yards and three touchdowns, all three of those touchdowns on runs of 47, 15, and 11 yards took place in the second quarter, their best quarter of football all year. Uh, Chris, from your perspective, we watched it from the press box. We watched it from down in the stands. We watched it on TV. We monitored it from the parking lot. We kind of ran the gamut, and everywhere we went, it was that exciting brand of football that I talked about in the preview. Like, how do you get people excited about being in the stadium? Well, 53 points is a pretty good start. Yeah, it's a great start, John. And uh, the guys in the second segment will break down the X's and O's, but you're right. I mean, everybody we saw, first off, I would say came into the game, I think a little worried. I I think there was some worry that um, it was going to be a long day and perhaps a long rest of the year. And um, as the game went on, that excitement that really I haven't seen, maybe except for the Army-Navy game last year, that excitement that we saw during the 2019 season really was felt by everybody. I mean, you certainly felt the energy when we were sitting up in the press box, uh, although in a hushed tone, uh, you felt it when we were in the the uh, West End Zone and, and in the East End Zone. And then when we went out and talked to folks at halftime in the parking lot, just there was this real excitement uh, from everybody that maybe that Navy football had found something again. And that after five, six hard weeks of work, um, that maybe there was a return to the type of football that we were used to seeing. Yeah, my second favorite line from Keenan Reynolds, and I know that you guys will chat about it in the uh, Navy football podcast breakdown, but my second favorite line of the day from him was, where was all this last week against Air Force? His best line was when we were sitting in the press box and Kent was going to the house. I was saying, go to the house. Keenan was saying, who is that? 
Um, no one knew who he was and it was a, it was a great moment, but I, I thought his point while simple was very well made. And that was, holy cow, we just scored 53 points on a team that gave Ole Miss a run. That's not a bad football team. That's playing a guy, albeit hobbled is a great quarterback in Davis Brin and, and you do that. So yeah, I, I was sort of wondering where it was and now you know, our job is to break down where it will be going forward. You know, from your perspective as a fan, and this will be our last point before we let the uh, pros break it down. But do you think that this is a harbinger of things to come? Um, because there's no rest for the wicked here. They got to turn right back around and get on the road to Dallas probably midweek this week. God, I hope so, John. I mean, we were talking this morning over coffee that um, in some ways, I mean, you, you know, both of us being tortured Navy fans, uh, we, we are very emotional in the ups and the downs. And uh, for as excited as I am uh, this Sunday morning, I, I would be devastated if on Friday against SMU, we sort of take a step backwards. I mean, th this is what we've been looking for. It's what the guys and the coaches have been working so hard to get back to. Um, so I really hope that it's, uh, you know, it, it points to, um, you know, the vectors all being in the in a positive direction in terms of play calling, in terms of execution, in terms of excitement. I mean, the brigade was excited yesterday. It just it felt like something we we hadn't seen um, in a long time. Yeah, when your quarterback is catching touchdown passes, I guess that's going to be pretty exciting for the brigade and for the fans. And and hats off to the staff. I mean, they don't need our validation, but hats off to them for, for making this exciting, for shaking the etch -a sketch a little bit and getting a whole new dynamic in play. And it worked against a very good football team. And now you go down to SMU, they've been kind of cratered out after uh, Dykes left and he's doing a great job at TCU, obviously, but you've got a great opportunity here to turn all of this around. And, and and really make an impact in the next three weeks, a gettable SMU team, a very gettable Houston team, and then certainly a Temple team. Shout out to you, Colin Schofield, stomp at home. So all of a sudden you're looking at maybe a four game winning streak and a bowl is in your future. But again, let's not get too Winston Wolf about this, but hats off to, to Ty Lavatai, uh, who I've always been a fan of. And when you're not really part of the briefing, um, during this podcast, when you're not, when, you know, your biggest criticism from me, uh, is that you didn't throw the ball well, but you won 53 to something. Yeah. I, I'm going to say that you had a pretty good day as a leader. So hats off to Ty hats off to everybody, uh, who really had a great performance and a surprising performance. Great job by Navy football. Um, let's really quick go over what else happened this weekend. There were two star games this weekend. Yeah, the most important ones. We were sitting at one and one, having dropped volleyball in one sprint. And unfortunately now, Chris, we stand at one and three. Men's soccer, I went up there to uh, Chester, PA, and, and I'm only going to say that I'm sure that OD wasn't happy. The boys did not look happy. They dropped an, uh, a nil to two decision to Army. Army gets the star. Let's put that in the rear view and not talk about it again. Unfortunately, golf also had a very difficult time of it. They went up to uh, Army West Point. Uh, they were down two and a half to one and a half after the uh, four ball on Friday. And then Saturday, they just couldn't make up the difference in singles and they lose seven four. So we dropped two star matches and uh, really wasn't a great way to start the weekend. 
nor was it a great way to start the weekend for women's soccer. They dropped one 2-0 as well. Um, again, nothing great to say about that, so I'm going to move on. But women's soccer, they have to figure something out, Chris Cervello. Uh, Alexa Riddle, who I really predicted was going to put her stamp on her career uh, as a women's soccer player this year, has been absolutely not there. It, it just seems very odd right now that this team is going up on the road you know, taking games like Lafayette, Lehigh, dropping a performance the, the way they did on Friday night, 2-0. They might not even make the Patriot League tournament now. From your perspective, is it time to panic on the on the men's and women's sides? Because these were two very bad results for us as soccer fans over the weekend. I don't think that it's time to panic, but um, what, you know, we've been doing up to this point doesn't seem to be working um, the way that the, the coaches had hoped it would. And so I, I think they have to figure out really on both sides how to generate more offense. Um, you mentioned uh, Alexis Riddle. I mean, she was uh, an extremely bright spot last year. So they've got to figure a way, whether it's for for her or for others, um, to get more touches on the ball, to create more opportunities um, on offense. Uh, and, you, you know, I feel the same way for the, for the men. So I'm not quite panicking, but, uh, I, I would say I, I'm starting to worry a little bit. Yeah. The loss here by the women to Lehigh on Friday, you know, happened in, in a really bad way. They gave up two goals in the final 12 minutes. Um, but that, that mountain Hawks team was gettable. Uh, they're now three and two in the Patriot league. We're looking up at them and a lot of others, uh, in the Patriot league standings for women's soccer. So we have to hope uh, that they turn that around. They've got that midweek special uh, that I love to criticize at home Wednesday against American. I hope to be there to bring you the action for that. Let's talk about the hottest team, Academy Sports, ladies and gentlemen. That is the Fighting Paco Labradors. I mean, they they are just crushing now, but a really huge win over Colgate, giving Colgate their first loss in the Patriot League Friday night in an electrified Wesley Brown Fieldhouse. Uh, listen to these scores. Navy dropped the 25-23. They win the next two sets, 28-26, to and then they put their foot, their foot down on their throat to win 25-12 uh, in the final set. But a huge four sets to one win over previously undefeated Colgate. It, it's just – it's a huge, huge victory – uh, so hats off to volleyball. And now swimming and diving, Chris. Uh, they had a great result. The Mids edged the Nittany Lions by a score of 150 to 148 and defeated the Eagles by a count of 224 to 7. The Navy women's swimming and diving team split its meets on the day. They won 181 to 119 over BC, but then they lost to Penn State 202 to 97. Uh, really great to get them back in the pool and getting good results against uh, you know, some, some great programs in BC and Penn State. Speaking of beating Penn State, Chris and I got to go out there to Greenberry. They defeated Penn State 39-22. to They really, really looked dominant there in the second half when Chris and I went out there. We were so happy to be joined by, by the legends of Navy rugby, Chris Hoffman, Adam Pipcorn, our principal cyber advisor for the entire Department of the Navy. Chris Cleary was there. Uh, they saw Lewis Gray does uh, and and give Navy an early lead. They went up 14 to three. It was a lead that they did not relinquish, and they took it to Penn State. BZ 
to uh, our rugby team. They remain undefeated. You want to talk about some BZs, Chris? I know you put up some enormous numbers in your career at Leonardtown High School, but Andrew Margiata, all right, from Vienna, Virginia, he registered a school record 250 yards receiving. He went full Tory Holt out there on Friday night as Navy Sprint football smoked Cornell uh, 55-0. He set the Navy record in receiving yards on just five catches. I'm pretty crappy at math, but that is an average of 50 yards a catch. Uh, He had touchdown catches of 70, 69, and 89 yards. Uh, Chris, I know that you had Andrew in your sprint football fantasy league, so obviously you're going to win this week. He put up some gigantic numbers. Uh, BZ also, as we go out to water polo, uh, they went out to West Virginia. They had two critical um, uh, conference matches against Gannon uh, and Mercyhurst. They beat them. They're in a doubleheader today on Sunday, hoping to get two more wins, get into the right side of the standings uh, in the Mid-Atlantic water polo division uh, so that they can make the conference tournament at the end of the year. But two big wins for water polo on Saturday, BZ to them. And finally, not all rugby results were great. The Fighting Murph McCarthy's had a tough one up there at Greenberry Point before the men kicked off. Uh, They lost, uh, but better luck next time to the Murphs. They are still the defending national champions. Chris, before the Navy football guys come in and talk about this incredible win over Tulsa, what stood out to you over the weekend and what are you looking forward to? Well, I mean, you, you know, you mentioned rugby. What what a great environment over there. Um, you know, it's funny, John. I mean, this is our, probably our third or fourth time watching either the men or the women. Uh, the crowds continue to grow. Uh, the fan excitement continues to grow. There's tailgating on the on the sideline. There's mids and uh, alumni, um, you, you know, in the stands, banging away, making noise. So that's a, a pretty exciting environment. I would encourage people that when they're in town to get over there and check out uh, both men's and women's rugby. Um, what am I looking forward to? I'm, I'm going to combine this with a, a little bit of a plug for uh, A. There's two more fall home football games. Uh, we play Houston and we play Temple. As you mentioned, tickets are still available. Um, while I would say there were lots of people there, um, we could put a few more fans in the stands for, for those games. So I, I'd love to see people get over to NavySports.com and or call 1-800-US4-NAVY um, and get tickets for those games. There's still plenty of tickets available. And then we've, you know, we spent some time in the parking lot talking to Mike Heary. Anytime you see Mike Heary uh, is a good time to start thinking about basketball. Men's and women's basketball season tickets are on sale um, so check those out. And then, uh, you know, you and I were also talking with Mike about the Veterans Classic. We've got the Veterans Classic on uh, Veterans Day. We bring in three great teams and that's always a great event. So I'm starting to think of all sports in Annapolis, whether it's football uh, or basketball. Um, it's just a great time to be a Navy fan. Folks, you should have seen Chris Cervello. I mean, he's so excited about fall and winter sports. He loved the weather yesterday during the game. He was I mean, it was balmy. It was a balmy 60 degrees and his very thinned out Florida blood, uh, I don't think took those uh, intemperate numbers uh, very well. But still, what a gorgeous, gorgeous day out there. Ava Marie's uh, uh, forecast was right on time. It was a perfect fall day and what a perfect fall result. Um, Like I said, you've got kind of a week off Um, women's soccer hosting American on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Please, folks, come out and watch that. 
the Fighting Rugbyers, as we said, we'll let you know your next time uh, that you'll be able to see them. But they're on the road this coming weekend. But a lot of other awesome stuff coming your way this coming weekend. We'll have that as part of our preview show for the SMU game. We'll have that out probably Thursday morning so you can absorb it, digest it, be enlightened by it before the Friday kickoff against SMU, 7.30 p.m. from Dallas. For Chris Cervello, I am John Schofield. It is now time for WAGS, EK, and Keenan Reynolds. By the way, shout out to one of the most varsity moves ever. Eric Catani tweeting about the game yesterday as his girlfriend is giving birth. We'll have more about that, but congrats to Eric from us on the birth of his daughter. Now, the Navy Football Podcast is going to take it away. I'm out. Welcome to the one and only Navy Football Podcast, presented by New Day USA. I'm Bill Wagner, longtime Navy athletics beat writer for the Baltimore Sun and Capital Gazette newspapers, and I am joined by my co-hosts, Eric Catani and Keenan Reynolds, former Navy football players, both of whom played in the NFL. And folks, we are celebrating Victory Sunday. Navy beats Tulsa 53-21. to uh, Just a great game for the Navy offense. A breakout performance in a big-time way for the offense. Uh, just put up numbers that we have not seen since 2019. Navy finished with 455 rushing yards. It is not a coincidence that the points, 53, and the rushing yardage, and the fact that a fullback had three touchdowns, none of that had happened since Navy beat Houston in a wild affair and scored 56 points back in 2019. So that's not a coincidence because the last time we saw the Navy offense look like this was 2019. And I'm proud to be here to tell you that Eric Katani, our co-host of the Navy football podcast, he and Tori welcomed a baby girl into the world. Eric, first of all, how's the baby? Tell us again the baby's name and uh, how mom and baby doing. Oh, thank you, Bill. And everybody's doing great. Everybody's healthy. Uh, Tori had a, a natural birth and she is a, a champion and a, and a and just so impressed. Baby is healthy. Uh, the name is Kaya Lynn Katani. Um, she is 7.14 pounds, 20 inches. And I think she ran a 4.4940 broad jump around <laughs> a 7.2. <laughs> I love it. I love she's it. Quick, she's quicker than fast. Let's just say that. She's quicker than fast. I have no doubt she'll be a terrific athlete. Um, so, Eric, tell us your thoughts. I mean, you, it's got to warm your heart to see Navy fullback Daba Fafana really go off. He had a great game for the mids, uh, three touchdowns. He was running hard, uh, getting downhill. I mean, it was very impressive performance. Um, 155 yards, three touchdowns. Tell us your thoughts on what you saw out of the fullback position in, in particular, and then out of the Navy offense as a whole. Yeah, it was Honestly, a great day. You know, the birth of my first child, absolutely amazing. Um, as Chris stated, the uh, the Guardians in Cleveland won, and I was watching Navy football as well. And Dabba Dabba Do, geez, that guy runs straight, fast, concise, made some amazing cuts. Um, 
how how tall is he? Is he about five nine, five eight? He seems like he's he's a little shorter, but he runs hard, and he he yep. runs phenomenal. I'm, I'm probably saying five eight, five nine, probably two ten, two twelve. You're right on target. He is listed at five foot eight, two hundred and five pounds. He's only a sophomore. All three fullbacks on the depth chart are sophomores. Uh, Anton Hall Jr. did not play yesterday because he got injured against Air Force and he uh, did not make it back for the Tulsa game. Logan Point saw some carries. Um, I had Fafana's rushing total just slightly off. He had 159 yards, but he he was making some hay with this little off-tackle play. Oh, um, yeah. They, 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 they saw something. And that play call, play calls all day were keeping Tulsa out of whack. Um, the new little little stone in the cloth. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if that's Jasper or Neymar or who decided you know to do those plays. The reverse, a couple times, a halfback pass, the punt return. It was just a fun game to watch. And finally, in this podcast, we could talk about the excitement of the offense, excitement of the defense. Uh, special teams played phenomenal. It was just all around great game for Navy. You know, we weren't tagging charts saying, "Hey, what was that play call? Why was this happening?" Um, you know, the only time we texted each other was when Ty, you know, he, he didn't lower his shoulders and he, he got hit and he, he did not see a linebacker come off the side and that linebacker absolutely laid into him. So, um, you know, hopefully yeah, Ty hurting, is feeling man. better. Did you see him kicking his feet on the turf? He was hurting. Anytime you're on the ground and you're, and you're grabbing or, or hitting the, the ground or, or feet, it, it's, it's not fun. And we've all, I, you know, I've been there. Keen's been there. Um, it, it's, it's not fun at all, but. Uh, Daba played great. It's phenomenal to see the fullback at a bunch of text messages throughout the game saying, Hey, who is this guy? Why, you know, why is he not played more? You know, he, he's breaking through tackles, he's running through tackles, which is great. He's converting those third and twos. Um, just, just a great, and then the run, the, the receivers played great. Abex, you know, offensive line, what is up with that? What, why were these play calls not going on last week? Is my question, Bill and Chris. What do you think about that? Yeah, I know. That's a tough one. I mean, I, I, it's an amazing turnaround. Well, I mean, it's hard to believe, frankly, that the offense that we saw against Delaware, against uh, uh, Memphis, and against, uh, you know, East Carolina, they played better. But then Air Force in particular, it's amazing that in one week since the Air Force game, this offense was able to completely turn things around. And we do have to give full credit to the offensive line. I mean, let's call them out by name. Left tackle, Sam Glover. Left guard, Connor McMahon. Center, David Hickson. And he got some help from Lirion Mertese, the 315-pounder, finally got back and played some offensive line. They've been waiting for him to come back. Josh Pena and Kip Franklin on the right side, guard and tackle. So, the offensive Kip, Kip line. Was, Kip was getting a little nasty. I saw that. I really like that. A little edge. I like it, too. They're, they're down blocks. And you can see the fullback has time to actually get behind them, stay tight off their hip, and make that cut and adjustment. Because as a fullback, especially in our offense, if you're tight and make that quick little tight adjustment off that lineman that's making a good block and that linebacker's run over top, that's how he's having those big touchdown runs. Because he's he's quick, he's fast, and he's, he's you know he has that breakaway speed. So congratulations to the offensive line. Yeah, no, the offensive line, to me, that was the big difference. They were getting movement. They were creating nice holes for – all the runners, uh, to me, that was that changed everything. I mean, if you're winning the line of scrimmage and you're not going to team off the ball and you're creating gaps that these 
fullbacks and slotbacks can run through. And so let's also highlight Vincent Terrell because he provided the perimeter element of the option, had a great game, 93 yards and a touchdown. He was make, using his speed to get the edge, Eric, and then he was uh, making some nice moves. He was like had some stop-and-go moves. He was able to gain some extra yardage by making people miss. So he was a big part of the offense. And then how about Nathan Kent? No one had any idea who this was. He is freshman. a freshman. Yeah, it's a plebe who yeah. had never played. His first collegiate play was a reverse. I mean, so that's a lot of confidence. They put a kid in his first collegiate play and say, hey, buddy, take hey. this reverse. He can move. And, oh, my goodness. He, I, well, Jay Numbarger has been taking every reverse for the last two seasons. So I just presumed. When I saw a reverse, it was Umbarger. And then the, he made a guy miss in the backfield. He had a stutter step to make a defender who had broken in the backfield miss. But once he caught into turned the corner, oh, my God, he turned on the afterburners and was gone. And I'm like, that is not Umbarger. He's not that fast. And sure enough, Nathan Kent was a dual recruit to Navy for both football and track and field. And – I went and looked at his bio. He set school records at his high school in California in the 100, 200, and 400 meters. So he is a record-setting sprinter. He is a recruited track and field athlete as a sprinter for Navy. So that I'm glad to see that they found an athlete. They said, hey, we got a big-time athlete here, fastest guy on the team, looks to me. Let's yeah. use and, well, uh, that's, what, that's what we thought about last week, you know, find that X factor, right? Find the yep. player that can that can make that play and switch that gear, and you know they're they coaches are at times saying, "Hey, let's let's put him in. What else do we have to lose?" And hey, right. he, he showed up as a freshman as a plebe. Good for him. Right. So he had he went seventy yards for a touchdown on the reverse, and then uh, you had Daba Fafana had a forty-seven yard touchdown. He broke a long run, and then another big play was Amin Hassan. On a punt return, he had a 57-yard punt return, which set up a touchdown. So a lot of big plays, and it was great to see, wasn't it, Eric? It was absolutely great to see. And uh, it was also great to see the sideline. The sideline when the, when the TV coverage is happening, everybody seemed like they're having a good time. They're, it's kind of back to old day football of, hey, we can score when we want to. And defense right now is playing lights out. So defense – I feel bad for that quarterback. He was getting beat up all game, and I think he wanted out, but he stayed in. So, right to him. So, Keenan, we got Eric's thoughts on the offense. Uh, why don't we hear from you? I mean, you were in the press box with me yesterday, and we were both very impressed, but also a little surprised because it was such an amazing turnaround from the previous week against the Air Force. But if you – had to put your finger on why the offense suddenly started clicking on all cylinders. What would it be? I'd say three things. Number one, uh, momentum. Number two, the resurgence of the fullback. And number three, chunk plays. So let's start with the first one, momentum. Um, after, I think his name Nathan Kent, the, the plea receiver, uh, had the long yes. run. Yeah, so after he had that long run, that, like, I think just – and revitalized the entire football team. That like that run might be, could be, I don't want to call it too early, but it could be like a turning point in Navy season going forward, right? That was a huge play. 
makes a guy miss in the backfield, outruns everybody, high and tight the whole way. I mean, that was that was a great play. And I, I remember looking around in a press box like, who the F is this kid? Like, <laughs> who is he? Where has he been? That was a huge play. Um, so it's great to see first college to collegiate, first collegiate football play is 80 yard touchdown. That's a hell of a way to start a career. So, you know, all congrats to him. I know he's he was probably like riding on cloud cloud nine that entire game after that play. But uh, yeah, so that I think the big plays too, like so Daga uh, Fafana, I mean, he just kept breaking loose for big plays and 20 yards here, 15 yards there, and nine yards here. I mean, I think that that changed a lot of how the offense was able to execute because now I don't have to go, you know, two yards, three yards. Okay, it's third and five or one yard, one yard. Okay, it's third and eight. And now you got to throw like Ty wasn't on in the past game yesterday, but he didn't have to be on because we've made so many plays with some of the other guys um, set a, almost set a record for a back carries in a game because we're getting the ball in our playmakers hands. Um, I think it was just like all the things that we've been talking about continuously about like what we would like to see from the offense. We, we finally saw and I think it really started with the fullback and some of the momentum that we gathered early on with the big plays. Well, Navy clearly found something. As we know, all season, the fullbacks had trouble running the straight dive up the middle. There just hasn't been any running room. But Navy found something on the left-hand side, and Philip Montgomery, the Tulsa coach, called it a tackle over. But, I mean, to me, it was basically they they ran a seal block, and i got to give the number 96 is a – uh, one of Navy's basically tight ends is really what he is. He's his name is Akalea Capono. Uh, he's from Hawaii, and he was an uh, X factor as a blocker to me. And he was coming and getting that seal block on the linebacker, and then the guard and tackle were sealing. You know, one tackle sealing out, and the guard combining with Capono to seal in, and that's how that created that little running lane. Uh, on the left-hand side. Did you like that play, Keenan? I did. You know, we ran a lot of that tackle over when I was there, but we always had like a skinny pencil neck receiver as the backside tight end. So I think uh, just as the evolution of the option continues and, you know, a lot of the service academies copy each other and run the same plays. Um, I think some of the other service academies, uh, Air Force and Army, have been utilizing tight ends for a few years now. So I think we're starting to recruit those type of bodies. So it was good to see that in action. Um, it's great to have that. It's almost like a, it's an extra, it's an extra offensive lineman on the backside, but you also still have the element of an athlete that can, that can catch the ball, that, that catch the ball. So I like to see that, that dimension. I don't, I don't think we've seen too much of that so far going forward. And that play really worked. Um, you really saw like, that was a classic Navy football was like finding something that worked and then like being able to, to attack it consistently and it's still working and getting a lot of plays like that. That looked like the Navy that we're all used to seeing for sure. And I'll tell you what else is encouraging. Obviously, Mikel Haywood, with all the success he's had and being the primary weapon on the perimeter, he is drawing a lot more defensive attention. And it was great to see Vincent Terrell, the other slot back, show that he is also a dangerous threat. Now they cannot key only on Mikel. So it's nice to know that you've got two very dangerous slotbacks in both Mikel Haywood and Vincent Terrell. You like what you saw out of Terrell? I did. I, and I actually saw him like streaking a couple of times open. I think, 
I think if we can kind of package what we did in the run game and then Ty is doesn't, you know, plays a little bit better in a pass game. I know you, you might have been off. We've all had those types of games. I've certainly had them. Um, if we could package what we did in the run game with Vince, Vince Terrell, with Daba, with Mikel, being having them touch the ball collectively, you know, 30 to 40 times, uh, and then being able to throw the ball and complete passes, you know, 10 to 15 times a game, we're going to be pretty hard to stop. Uh, I know that's kind of crazy because we haven't been hard to stop this entire year up until this point, but we had no passing game yesterday and several open receivers, and we still put up 50 points. So, I mean, you say what you want about Tulsa, but we didn't do that against Delaware, which is an FCS team. So they are a quality opponent, AAC division opponent. Um, we went and we we scored at will on them pretty much. So um, really, really great things to see. Obviously, it's a much more pleasant podcast on Sundays when we can talk about the good and, and praise the Navy football team rather than being super critical. Well, and to your point about Ty, he was one for six for nine yards and he definitely missed a couple open receivers. He had some guys wide open that if he could have connected would have been big plays. But we've seen him connect on a lot of good passes in the past. We know he'll get back. Interestingly enough, he was outpassed by slot back Kai Puyaloa Rojas. They ran a little trick play where uh, and they hand off to the slot back and then Kai slips out of the backfield and he, he the linebacker realized it too late. Ty was already by him. So he was wide open down along the sideline and Puyola Rojas put a big, the ball up there nice and, and Ty was funny in the post-game press conference. He's like, I got a lot more respect for the receivers now. When that ball's hanging up the air, it feels like an eternity. Um, but he's like, I, I got to catch this. I got to catch. This. So he, he made a nice catch. And uh, interestingly enough, um, so that ended up being a 26 yard touchdown of uh, Rojas to Ty. Interestingly enough, Rojas was a quarterback, Poyaloha Rojas, I should say, was a quarterback in high school, and Ty actually played a little receiver before being moved to quarterback. So they, they, they had experience doing that thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, everything was working. The fake punt worked. Uh, that, that was uh, Rayon Lane, the safety. The, took a, he was the up back and took a direct step and ended up with a really big gain on a, you know, fake punt. So, uh, he ended up going 28 yards and that gave Navy life and they scored a touchdown as a result. But, you know, do you think we can keep this up, uh, Keenan? Is this sustainable? I mean, you think Navy has turned the corner offensively? You know, I, I don't know. We'll just have to see. I mean, like I said, this is the best they've looked. I mean, even even in the other win against ECU, the offense wasn't, wasn't this good. Um, so – I think it was just a really good team win. You talked about the fake punt. They also had a big-time punt return, several turnovers on defense, several three-and-outs. They gave up some big plays, uh, and we can kind of touch on that as well because we kind of still saw some of the things that have been plaguing us on the back end. Very few things are criticized by the defense, but the one thing I will say that has been consistent all year long is we're good for a deep ball uh, for a touchdown. I, I I feel like there's been at least one every game this season. So um, you can't give up the cheap stuff. I mean, nobody – I have not – I don't think I've seen a true, like, end-to-end drive by somebody. Uh, maybe a hand – maybe one or two touchdown drives that were, like, 10 plays, 75 yards. But, like, a lot of the points that we give up have been chunk plays or have been, have been like, brought up, brought about by a chunk play that puts them in the red zone. So 
like that, if I had a critis a critical point to point out for the defense, it would be how about we take care of the 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 big plays and not give up the cheap stuff on the back end. Well, uh, that's what defensive coordinator Brian Newberry was bemoaning that exact thing this past week. He said we've got to stop giving up big plays because he he said that's how almost every scoring drive against us has been the result of a big play. And sure enough, Tulsa quarterback Davis Brin completed a 76-yard touchdown pass to wide receiver Keelan Stokes, in which he got behind safety Evan Gebbins. And just can't have it happening. I mean, I don't know if it's a zero blitz and there, there's no help, but, I mean, obviously Stokes ran by Gibbons and there was no one else back there. Uh, I don't know if the safety bit up on a run fake. I don't know. We'll find out from Coach Newberry. But you're right. It's got to stop because otherwise the defense is playing great. And teams are unable to drive the field successfully against Navy. And so you're only killing yourself when you give up these long chunk plays. But uh, Navy will be back in action Friday night against SMU. So our we'll bring you our pregame pod a day earlier. We'll drop that Thursday so that we have the preview of the SMU game for the Navy football podcast presented by New Day USA. This was the Tulsa postgame report. Thank you, Keenan Reynolds. Thank you, Eric Catani, the new father. And thank you to our producer, Chris Cervello. We will talk to you next time. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.